Hey guys, it's Adrian Pinozzo here with the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you get more to life through the power of real estate investing. I wanted to take a quick minute here this morning and deliver this solo um, factual interview with myself um, about how grateful I am, the support uh, and feedback and positive reinforcement and support through all of our listeners since we started this podcast has been incredible. Um, we just surpassed a year in recording our episodes. We're on episode number 41. So we've delivered 41 episodes in this first year. And you know what? Amazing, amazing statistics I want to share with you. And again, super grateful for this. We're just at 11,135 listens in our first year of recording. So like almost uh, like crazy numbers that I never thought, you know, that I would see a year ago when we started this podcast. I hadn't, I really didn't know what to expect other than I wanted to deliver some great content. Um, obviously all the knowledge I have 11 years being in the business, plus bringing on some amazing speakers that, you know, we've done and it's indicative of the feedback I'm getting from listeners and whatnot on, on how they're enjoying uh, the information, the episodes as they roll out uh, week after week after week. So, you know what? Another piece of information, we're just in the last 90 days, we're at almost 5,000 listens, which is incredible. And again, guys, I'm super, super grateful um, for all the support and positive feedback that we're getting. So I'm going to continue pushing and I want to continue putting out some great content. I mean, some of the, some of the guests we've had have been incredible sharing their knowledge in the industry, right from the do's and don'ts to some great tips to their experience, the mindset component of all this and, you know, failing forward and, uh, just sharing everything they've been able to accomplish, some great successes they've had that obviously you can put in your toolbox and, and do the same or uh, just help you in general. So that's the goal here is just deliver that great content that we've had and continue to help you. On that note, um, again, thank you so much. It's been a great first year. Accomplishments have been superb and I'm over the moon grateful for for all your support. Continue to leave our comments and rate us on iTunes and everything. It helps smaller podcasts like us. It, it obviously goes a long way. And we'll continue to put out some great content, great, great guests. Uh, and we look forward to tripling what we've done this first year in our second year. On that note, let's get into this next episode. Cheers. <clears throat> hey, everyone. It's Adrian Pinozzo here with the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you get more to life through the power of real estate investing. Guys, I'm super, super pumped today. We're doing something that we've never done before on the More to Life show, and that's bringing back uh, in a fireside kind of chat, two really, really powerful people in the real estate investing industry that um, were on our show uh, way back episodes 11 and 12. So I invited both these gentlemen um, <clears throat> to come back on our show. Our good friend Wayne Loves Real Estate um, is here with us again. And Matthew Ablican has uh, Millennials Choices. 
come back again. But let me, if, for those of you who don't remember how qualified and amazing these two guys are, let me just tell you quickly again a little bit about who they are and where they're from and what they've accomplished. So starting off with Wayne, um, way back, you guys can even go back to episode number 11 and listen to that episode again where he tells us all about his life. But in a nutshell, Wayne's a self-made man. And um, Wayne is a real estate investor uh, as well. He started out by acquiring properties across the GTA, leveraging property equity, building a portfolio over now probably closer to $14 million, all without any formal training. He has since become a licensed real estate agent and he's ranked within the top 1% in Ontario, which speaks volumes as to the experience this gentleman possesses in the real estate world and being a licensed realtor as well, going hand in hand. He's a self-made man whose hard work and determination has allowed him to take charge of his life. Not only has he built up a solid portfolio, giving him and his daughters the financial freedom, because every time I talk to you, Wayne, you're somewhere in Europe uh, <laughs> enjoying the fruits of your labor. Yes. But um, to chase his and their dreams, meaning his daughters, but also fulfilling job that satisfies Wayne's passion for real estate and provides exceptional work-life balance. Thank you. Episode number 12, for everybody listening, go back to that, listen to that one. Uh, Matthew Ablican was interviewed by us way back when. Um, Matthew is essentially the founder of Millennials Choice Group, a real estate, mortgage, insurance, and education brand aiming to assist Canadians with their real estate, mortgage, and insurance needs. He's acquired his first property, I believe this guy's age of 19. This guy bought his first investment property. Now at the age of, are you still 29 or are you 30? 30 now. <laughs> okay, so now you're 30. He owns over 23 properties, over a $15 million portfolio. He holds a bachelor in education, an honorary degree in law and society, real estate broker's license, a mortgage broker's license, a life insurance agent license. Um, he hosts the Millennial Choice podcast, produces content on YouTube at the Millennial's Choice channel, and also does some public speaking to further educate others. I'm pumped to have these amazing <laughs> individuals, a wealth of knowledge, and what are we talking about today? The topic of the month, couple months, several months, the real estate hikes in the interest rates and yeah. how that's affected our markets, our clients, our investors, ourselves, as we're the three of us are all investors. So it's more of a mastermind, guys. I want to put out to all of our listeners where you're at, what your comments are, what your stats are, so on and so forth, your clients, yourselves, everything from A to Z. I want to go hard for 30 minutes and I want to get out there as much as we can to all of our listeners, because most likely some of your followers will be listening to this sooner or later as well. Your clients, your, your investors, as well as mine, for that matter. So, Matthew, let's start with you. 
is the world ending? Where is this going? <laughs> what's what what's happening out there? What's your professional opinion on everything going on right now? So, so first of all, I just want to say thank you to Adrian. For those of you guys listening, Adrian is doing an awesome job. Content creation is not easy. All three of us know that. And also, I'm looking forward to doing this with Wayne, who is a peer of mine. We, we know each other off social media. And like Adrian said, he's one of the top 1%. So I think when we all came up, we didn't have podcasts and YouTube channels to listen to. Uh, right. We were kind of just figuring it out as we went. And we were asking different people uh, different kinds of questions. So for those of you listening or watching this, Take advantage. Take advantage of the opportunity. Um, with respects to the, the world, is you know it's still spinning. We're not worried too much about that. Um, but there's a lot of fake news out there. Um, there's a lot of headlines and clickbaiting and a lot of different stats that are being thrown at people. And I've seen from the very beginning since the first interest rate hike in March, a lot of people have just went on the sidelines. A lot of buyers are just either priced out of the market or they're waiting to see if this whole thing is going to crash, if the, if the bubble is going to burst. And we have a lot of information for you guys today, lots of stats, but uh, we're going to explore that in, in greater detail. So what I'm seeing personally now that um, we've had five interest rate hikes, six months have gone by, there's that always that little bit of an adjustment period at the beginning when things tend to change from what we're used to. We're seeing people come back to the market Demand is up month over month and prices are up year over year. Prices are also up month over month. Rents are up. I mean, I think Wayne would concur that we're busy. There's a lot of people in the market. We're looking for deals. And the interesting thing is, and I hope we touch on this later on in this conversation, is that supply is also down. Yes. You know, we, all we were talking about in February and January of, of 2022 was, how are we going to keep up with demand? How are we going to build enough? We're not building enough. Um, in any given year, if, if Ontario builds 40,000 units, that's huge. And we're, we're nowhere near that now. And, and we need millions of homes to satisfy demand. So the world's still spinning. Real estate still looks good. And uh, I'm, I'm still investing personally myself. Yeah. And I just want to jump in there. So first of all, again, I want to say thank you again. I always love to be around and share my energy with people that have the same sort of passions as I do. And uh, this is my first time actually speaking to Matthew, even though we've texted back and forth. And obviously, Adrian and I have, uh, have spoken several times before. I echo a lot of what Matthew's saying. And I have to tell you, it is absolutely fantastic right now, because what we're hearing every day when you listen to the radio, when you watch the news, or when you read anything in the media, they keep speaking negatively. And the more they speak negatively, the better it is for us. Because I can tell you, when it comes to real estate investing, it's the easiest concept in the world. If you want to make money in real estate investing, it's the same thing as playing poker. If everybody in poker is playing passive, you play aggressive. In real estate, if everybody's selling, you buy. If everybody's buying, you sell. So every time we hear in the media that it's a bad market, these are the same people that were telling us it was a good market back in January and February. I can let you in on a secret. There is no such thing as a good market and no such thing as a bad market. We have three types of markets. We have buyer's market, seller's market, balance market. So right now we are in a buyer's market. And what that means, there's more sellers, 
than buyers. That buyer's dollar is going a lot further. He's getting offers often accepted that include conditions. Now, because of that, these buyers are getting fantastic deals. If you have investor clients, or if you're an investor yourself, you should be lined up around the block to be buying right now. Now, the same metrics, and this is just what Matthew said. And again, guys, sorry, if I get on a tangent, just tell me to stop. I get a little bit passionate, but I echo exactly what Matthew said. The same metrics that were in place in January and February that made real estate so expensive are still present today. And it all comes down to supply and demand. We do not have enough supply for the demand that is out there. So obviously, supply goes down, demand goes up, and consequently pricing. Right now, we are in a freeze because of what we saw with those interest rates. And with those interest rates going up, a lot of times, the big mistake is a lot of people look at real estate emotionally as opposed to analytically. I've listened to Matthew's podcast. Matthew breaks everything down analytically. He will go through percentages and numbers. And if you can listen to that podcast and not be excited to buy today, I don't know what time you are going to be excited. Listen to the people that know. All of us as investors are loading up right now because we know that we can't change the price that we paid for a property to get into it. But as that interest rate starts to go down, which is going to happen, in my opinion, Q3, Q4 next year, as we start to slide into a recession, and obviously they lower the interest rates to stimulate the economy, look at the value of those properties going up. Again, comes down to the age-old thing that everybody says, it's not time in the market, it's time in the market by today. And sorry, I'll throw back to you guys. Now that's a... That's amazing advice, and uh, I'm, I don't need to tell everybody out there listening that obviously I concur with you both. Thank you. Um, I had a conversation actually this morning with an investor, and <clears throat> it's funny because I think at this point in time, we are going to take advantage. We will. We are. We are taking advantage of the prices because we're buying less than what we would have bought at the end of 2021 per se. Exactly. The balance now, though, mindset concept, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe you guys see it differently in your market centers, because I know, Matthew, you do a lot of business in the condo or pre-construction and stuff like that and, and whatnot. But out in Hamilton, where we're at, um, <clears throat> we're getting we're taking advantage now being the buyer's market. But obviously, with the interest rates, um, cash flow obviously isn't as abundant as it was when rates are 2%. Mm -hmm. But like I'm trying to educate, uh, and I had this conversation again this morning with an investor, I'm trying to educate and say, okay, but we're buying the property potentially for $150,000, $170,000 less mm -hmm. now. Yes, our rates are higher, our cash flow is a little bit lower, yes. But when the market turns again, and now that that property starts to keep continue to go up in value and interest rates come down a bit, we're winning on both ends. You are. And their cash flow is going to go up, right? Because rates will come down, but they maybe they won't come down at two percent where they were or, or high ones. But you know, everybody's saying, yeah, there there will be there will be uh, them them coming down. Okay, so then we're going to win because right now we're buying it much less. Mm -hmm. The numbers still work and we're not in the red. 
when interest rates do come down and prices go up, now our cash flow will be more. So we're, we're going to win in the end long-term wealth, right? Investing in real estate and whatnot. How do you guys feel about that? So I'll just jump in here for a second, if you guys don't mind, and I'll let Matthew uh, follow up. Um, listen, I know a lot of investors really like cash flow, and I understand why. But cash flow is not the true indication of the value of a real estate asset. And I'll tell you why. Because if you put a large enough down payment on any property, it's going to be cash flow positive. For me, there's only three ways to make money in real estate. There's cash flow, which personally, I don't really care about too much because at the end of the day, it's taxed. Uh, the second is appreciation. Now, as, we, as we've seen the last five years, we've had crazy appreciation. I don't view appreciation as something that I focus on when I'm purchasing a property uh, because to me, appreciation is fantastic, but it's the icing on the cake. We can't expect 18, 14, 8, and 6% returns year over year. Um, typically, over the last 100 years, and I know Matthew knows more about stats than I, but I believe that uh, if we look at the last 100 years, Toronto real estate appreciates at 4% on average every year. So I always cut that in half and I always just say 2%. But the one way that I always focus on those three, there's cash flow, appreciation, and the one I focus on the most is equity build. Equity build is by far the safest way to make money in real estate. Every single month that you pay that mortgage payment after the tenant pays you rent, half of that mortgage or thereabouts is dedicated to principal pay down. The other half is interest. So every single month that that mortgage payment gets paid, it's like having a forced savings account. So if you have a mortgage payment of hypothetically $3,000, 1500 is uh, principal, 1500 is interest. $1,500 a month times 12 months is $18,000. At the end of the month, at the end of the year, excuse me, no matter how bad the market is, it could be up, it could be down. At the end of the year, you have $18,000 that you just got for free because your tenant just paid it off. Now, listen, I know that appreciation and cash flow are sexy. I know that appreciation and cash flow are things that people like to hear. But for me, they're fantastic, but it's viewed as icing on the cake. I'm not a gambler. I'm an investor. And as an investor, I know. I'm getting that $18,000 every single year. The other stuff, fantastic, but that's not what I focus on. But again, guys, I appreciate you guys giving me my space because I know I speak a lot and I'm incredibly passionate, but uh, I'll throw over to Matthew now. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I, I echo everything you're saying, Wayne. The other things to keep in mind with real estate investments that may not come with other investments is... So all the interest rate on your investment properties are obviously a tax deductible item. So when you who are listening are investing in real estate, the CRA sees it as you're buying into a business and the property becomes the business. So you collect income in the form of rent and then you pay expenses in the form of property taxes, maintenance fees, interest and realtor fees, accounting fees, anything that you pay fees on. So there's, there's a lot of things to consider when you're talking about is real estate a good vehicle for you to invest in. So you have expensing the interest, you have depreciation, which a lot of people don't talk about in the property. So you can depreciate the value of your property if you have a good real estate accountant every single year. And those two things are very, very important. And then the third thing that you don't see, and it's a mistake that my generation is making and the generation after me, because everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants the microwave results is what Wayne just mentioned, which is that equity buildup. You don't see that money. And, and 
it's going to be something you're going to see in a long, long term, let's say, if you start refinancing your properties every five years or if you sell after 10 years, whatever your strategy is. But it bothers me and it pains me so much when I speak with people that say, well, I don't, I don't mind paying a hundred bucks out of pocket every month. You know, that's okay, but I won't do more than that. And it's like, you do understand that the principal is being paid down of the debt by the tenant every single month, even if you're paying a hundred bucks out of pocket, big deal. And I scaled my portfolio that way. The office I'm sitting in right now, I paid for it through one of my investment properties, the second property I ever bought. That first property Adrian mentioned, I still have that, it's tenanted. I still own that in my portfolio. And a lot of times, I've had to pay out of pocket. A lot of times I didn't cash flow positively. And that was okay for me because as I grew and the, the experts know this, Wayne and Adrian know this for sure. As you grow your portfolio, it becomes less riskier than if you have the one property or the two property. It becomes less riskier for a number of different reasons, but especially because of vacancy. So you have 10 properties, one of them goes vacant. Well, your portfolio is 10% vacant. If you have one property that goes vacant, you're 100% vacant. So you got to grow, you got to scale. And one other thing, and, and a lot of people don't like when I say this, but you need to understand the, the monetary system that you're in. And we're in a system where money is fabricated, it's created, it's injected into our economy. We're experiencing inflation because of all the money printing that our country has done over the last couple of years. I think the stat is like over 40% of the the money we've ever printed happened in the last couple of years. I know that's the case in the States. So we're experiencing inflation. But why I say that is because if you understand the monetary system you're in, then you're going to understand how to navigate that system. And in the system we're in, you need to borrow money. If you're not borrowing money, that is a good thing. But if you're not borrowing money, then your savings are are just diminishing month over month. And, and you might... Look a year from now at your bank account and the 100K that you had in your bank account is still there, but it's not going to be able to buy you as much as it was a year ago. So you, you, when you're investing in real estate, you got to understand all of these concepts because they all are integrated and they play a very important role. And I do believe that rates will go down because traditionally when you're in a recession, rates have to come down because they want the government wants to encourage uh, consumer spending and reinvestment into the economy. But also keep in mind that the, when we hear rates are going up, uh, the Bank of Canada is raising rates. We're talking about unsecured debt rates. We're talking about the variable rate. Fixed rates operate on bond yield, which, which they're, they're calculated completely differently. So when, when the Bank of Canada raises rates, the income that a bond can generate typically will decrease, which results in the value of the bond decreasing too. So the banks compete with the bond yields because they want to raise money and they want to raise capital. So the five-year fixed rates are, or all the fixed rates are based off of the bond yields. So when the bond prices go down and the yields are going down and all that stuff, the banks are going to also adjust their fixed rates. I think one of the issues we have here that we're not considering is people's ability to qualify for loans. So a lot of mortgage brokers and bankers are putting people in variable rates now, even though the climate is that the rates are increasing. But then they're locking in after closing because it's easier to qualify under the variable rate because the rate is lower than it is on the fixed rates. So we qualify at our all of our applicants at higher interest rates, the qualifying rate. And so that's sidelined some people. But what it's also done, it's, it's put people into the rental market. 
So we're seeing 20% increases in Toronto, 26% increases in Calgary, 25 in, in, in Vancouver. And I think that trend is going to continue. And if you're a real estate investor, regardless of what happens with the value, like Adrian said, we're picking it up for a couple hundred thousand dollars below what we could have in February, for example, but rents are going up. Yeah. So eventually things are going to catch up. And then maybe like Wayne said, you're going to have the, the cherry on top, the icing on top, which is the cash flow and then the appreciation. Correct. And that's an amazing point that you're getting that, that you hit on as well. And that's what we keep coming back to. The same metrics that were in place in January and February are still there. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm sure you guys probably do. I'm not sure how much developing you do on the site. So I know, Matthew, that you do a lot of uh, pre-construction as well. But even in the GTA, within the last six months, we have doubled, doubled our fees and development fees. So all that does is that is going to limit the amount of properties that are going to be out there. It's the same situation that we're going through right now. And as a landlord, I can tell you, I've had some pretty bad issues at the LTB. As I'm sure you guys know, the RTA, the Residential Tenancy Act, is so, favorably, so heavily favors the tenants, it's not even funny. But that's actually a good thing when you look at it. And the reason why it's a good thing for investors and an awful thing for renters is because all that does is it disincentivizes any developer from creating any rental properties. Like if you look at the GTA over the last four years, Matthew, I'm going to ask you, how many new condo projects have been available in the last four years? 20, 22? Tons. 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 But how many of those are residential rental apartments? Zero. Zero. And that is a beautiful thing. The harder they make it for landlords, the harder they make it for the RTA, RTA, it disincentivizes those developers from building rental properties because if it wasn't so heavily favored towards tenants, obviously developers who are driven by their bottom line would build those rental properties. So because they're not, it gets us an opportunity to get in there and be landlords. And all you have to do is weather the storm with any bad tenant that may come up. Because I can tell you, just like Matthew hit on, I've seen it myself. I just did two leases for two clients. Each of them got um, a ton of offers. I don't want to get into the exact details, but a ton of offers that are roughly 25% more than what this same unit would have rented out for six months ago. So as a landlord and as an investor, no matter what the situation is, hold on to the property, weather the storm. If you have vacancy, if you have a bad tenant, if interest rates go up, if all of a sudden your property taxes go up or they want to hit you with a wealth tax or a vacancy tax, all of those things are small picture. You will notice that the wealthiest investors over time focus on the large picture. I remember I heard this from my father once when I was a little kid because I grew up around real estate and he told me rich people sell real estate. Wealthy people hold on to it. The longer you hold on to that piece of real estate, the more money you will make. So just weather the storm investors. And especially again, I know Matthew does a lot of the pre-con and I'm sure as these properties are start to be um, obviously absorbed into the market and people are closing and if they were expecting to make $200 on cash flow, maybe they're negative $200 now. That does not matter. You are focusing on the wrong thing. Focus again on that equity bill. Focus again on holding that property for as long as possible. Focus again on not on the here and now, but in the big picture. 
over time, the longer you hold that real estate, the more money it will be worth. And I'm sorry, again, I don't mean to be jumping in here, but even when you said, Matthew, that some investors of yours are a little bit upset about losing $100 or $200, those are some of the same investors right now that are putting $200 into an RSP every month or a mutual fund. Instead of doing that, focus on your own money. Why are you going to let somebody else dictate how much that RSP, mutual fund, pension plan, stock bond, what have you, is going to be worth? Again, remember, once you know how money works, you have to understand the best assets to have are tangible because they can start printing money tomorrow. And as they print that money, obviously with inflation, your buying power goes down. If you buy those properties, if you buy a tangible asset where somebody is living, it's not a desire, it's a need. It's not a want, it's a need. There will always be a demand for residential real estate because people need to live there. But again, sorry for hijacking back to you. <laughs> sorry. Just wanted to just wanted to chime in on those points. Yeah, please. I completely agree. So number one, with pre-construction real estate, I'm closing a building out in Barrie now that was purchased in 2019. So we sold uh, 38 units in 2019. We're helping people close. We're finding tenants. Uh, my brother's doing mortgages. And we are still generating a couple hundred bucks positive cash flow at rates of five and a quarter. Beautiful. Beautiful. There's time on our side, right? That's, that's one of the best things about what, what you need to do in real estate. You got to have time. Um, but the other thing is, cause the topic of conversation I I'm hearing the most now is, Oh, stock market's crashing. Crypto is crashing. Real estate follows shortly thereafter. Well, let's just play this back a little bit. When COVID first became mainstream news, in North America, it was sometime March of 2020, and we saw the stock market tumble and crypto was down as well. But then what happened? They injected money into our system, and typically when money's injected in our system, it's going to all these big corporations. We see a small piece of it, and they're buying back their own stock. That's yeah. literally what we saw yeah. happen. Yeah. And what did we see millennials do and Gen Z? They dumped a bunch of money into crypto. Here's the thing. We have something called utility. And utility in real estate is simply people need a place to live. To live. Now, all the money that's being taken out of the system has resulted in the stock market and the crypto market to crash. So what do people expect, those listening here, what did you expect to happen when money's being injected into that market? Obviously, things are going to go up. And when money's taken out, things are going to go down. Right. You're a yo-yo in those markets. We're not yo-yos in the real estate market. We're not. We, we have strategies that we follow. And I just wanted to point that out because I always get asked that question. I say, you cannot even compare gold and silver and, and crypto and stocks to okay. real estate because we have utility. People need right. a place to live. We have immigrants coming. The border was closed for two years. Uh, Premier Doug Ford even said it recently in a press conference. We need more immigrants. We have the jobs, but they're vacant. We need people to work those jobs. Okay. So I see growth in our future. And then when we're talking about new construction, the cost is going up every single yeah. month. Yeah. Just quarterly, like from the second to third quarter, the cost to build went up just over 5%. So in a year, if it just continued that way, that's a 20% increase. Yeah. And what builders are doing now, especially the big ones we work with, even the big ones are not able to, I say, guesstimate the cost of construction and what that's going to be in 2023. Okay. So they're holding off on launching new projects 
because they don't know how to price them. And what that's going to do, because regardless of what the government says, you guys, it's the builder and the developer that control the supply. Yes. It's private property. You can't force them to build. So if they're going to say, we're going to build, you know, we're going to postpone these launches. We're going to build maybe end of of 2023. We're going to start launching these projects. It's going to put further constraints on supply, further pressure on supply, which as we've been saying this entire episode, is one of the things that is creating this, this problem that we have with housing affordability. And that's going to continue. This is these interest rates, you know, going up here and there five times. Uh, we were we were spoiled. We were used to interest rates being basically nothing, and we had free money, uh, so we were spoiled. But the curveball, I think, is going to be when we see the federal budget next year and what they decide to do with um, mortgage qualifying. If if anything, we might see forty-year amortizations come. Back. I think so too. We Japan so. is hitting a hundred-year amortization. Yeah, yeah, multi. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they're going to figure out a way maybe to make things more affordable. But those people that are waiting for a crash, they're listening to this, and they're, they're hoping, guys, you know what's going to happen if things, if we play that out, that scenario out and things did crash, you're not going to time the bottom and you're going to lose so much confidence that you're probably not going to buy anything anyway. Yeah. So you got to be buying in, in all cycles. You see a good deal. You love a property. You understand the strategy you're going to use on that property. You buy. Well, all the last year we bought, all of the beginning of Q1 and Q2, this year I bought. And I'm waiting for, for a few deals that I'm watching that I want to I wanna make a move on. So we're buying. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. It's the same thing that I've, I've heard that too, is that some people want to wait for the crash. Now remember, real estate, as much as guys like us look at it analytically, the mass majority look at it emotionally. And the problem is, is that the property market will never crash. And the reason why the only way the property market can crash is if more supply hits the market. And the only way that more supply hits the market is more people decide to sell. Now, while I will ask you, those people don't look at it analytically, they look at it emotionally. So say hypothetically, I come up to someone and this lady wants to sell her house. And she turns around, she said, yeah, Wayne, I bought this house for $800,000, excuse me, but I heard the market's crashed. So now I can only get $600,000. Can you sell my house for $600,000? And when I bring her an offer for $600,000, she's going to say, no, thank you. I just won't sell. Like, I'll just sit on it, which is one of the reasons why even in Toronto, the same thing we keep going over, supply and demand. The same metrics are in place. It doesn't matter if the market is bad. It doesn't matter if we're in a recession. It doesn't matter if interest rates are up. People are still going to get married and have a child and therefore need a larger place. We have our older generation that is living longer. They need a place to live. We have um, obviously a very good birth rate. Our birth rate, I think it went up from 1.8 over 10 years ago, and now it's at 2.2. So all of these things, not even including the 400,000 new immigrants coming to Canada every year, 60% of which settle in the GTA. Those metrics will further show that all our issues are surrounding supply and demand. The older people are living longer. We're still having children. We have immigration. And if I come to somebody and I say, hey, listen, your house was worth a million dollars, like, you know, last year. Um, Now, because the market crashed, I can give you 500,000. That guy is going to tell me to take a long walk on a short deck. So the people that are waiting for this crash, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen, but please, 
keep listening to the media that says it's going to because it just allows the rest of us that really understand that opportunity to keep buying these properties at a very good discount. But I just wanted to uh, say that. Back to you guys. And, and Warren Buffett says it perfectly. I, I'm not a Warren fan, to be honest, no. but he says, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy exactly. when others are fearful. 100%. To be greedy for a lack of a better yep. phrase. And um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And and I just, just to go over some quick, quick stats for you guys, like at the end of the day, it's all about the numbers for me. That's yep. what I base it off of. That's what I think anyone should base it off of. But year over year, so we're talking now August 2021 to August 2022, the total number of transactions year over year are down 34.2%. So we went from about 8,500 transactions to 5,600. Now, I, I like that stat, but I want to look at what happened to from July 2022 to August 2022, just one month. The reason being is we know this because we're in the industry summertime is always a slower season than real estate like people are vacationing uh these last two years we've been locked down so more and more people wanted to go out and that's typically a slower season so what happened from july to august we actually saw the number of transactions go up demand is back so not back to the february levels not back to the january levels but it's back now year over year prices are up about one percent but I want to look at from July to August, prices are up actually 2%. So for those people who are quoting, and this is an average, right? We're talking all properties types and it's, there's an average, right? But for those people that were looking and saying, oh, the market crashed 20% already. It's like, well, based on what? Because you could throw that number out there and everyone says doom and gloom, like, you know, the sky is falling. But when you're saying that, price corrected itself from February to March or March to April. Okay. Well, what's happening from April to May, May to June, June, July, July to August prices are up and year over year prices are still up. So if you're waiting for this correction to happen, you were better off buying at the start of COVID than, than you are now because prices are still expensive. And we also want to talk about supply. So, Supply, the total new listings year over year, it's not down by much. It's down by 1%. But going back to what Wayne is saying, the only way the price is really going to adjust is if it's just common sense. You have lots of people trying to sell and not a lot of people wanting to buy. And so supply is down. And that's something we really want to pay attention to because that's going to be the determining factor of what's going to happen to prices as, as everybody wants to know. Exactly. <clears throat> I'm glad you guys are still with us. I think it's just you guys me are on a roll, man. each other back and forth. You guys are on a roll. I'm letting you go. And the, 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 the content coming out from this back and forth between you and Wayne, this is exactly why I wanted to put you guys on together and just let it go uh, free for all sort of open fireside chat. But no, the content coming out of this and um, the, the comments, the statistics and everything like that, I think is invaluable to the audience. And I, I wanted, that was my goal today. I wanted to put out this media hype that this is such a terrible time if you're buying real estate and the world's gonna end and oh my god oh my god oh my god and it's all you know pardon my friends all bullshit at the end yeah. of the day right because you're talking and you're hearing guys from two very very highly competent people in this industry 
that speak facts and no media bullshit behind it. And I'm, I'm a true believer too. I mean, we bought three properties last month. Our goal is to buy another three this month. Nice. We're not slowing down as well because I agree like now is the time to buy. And I'm really pushing all of our joint ventures to do that because when this turns, we're going to capitalize huge. Cool. Not only when, when prices turn and continue, then go back up, God knows to what, but when interest rates start to fall, it's going to be a win-win for us. End of, end of story, end cool. of story. So yeah, I, 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 I really like hearing you guys go hard <laughs> back and forth. So yeah. if there's any uh, other comments you guys want to touch upon, we're kind of getting up to the 40 minute mark. Um, but <clears throat> let's, let's wrap it up with maybe another, I don't know, three to five minutes. Are there any other things you kind of want to touch upon or go over one more time before we get to the words, the end here? Matthew, you want to go ahead? Yeah. So one concept that I've been, I've been really looking into a lot more than before is everybody talks about real estate and says it's location, 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 the three L's. And I obviously couldn't agree more. But that is going to be, I think, way more important than it's ever been going forward. And the reason being is that where the jobs are, where the people are moving to, what's happening in that local economy, what's happening at all levels of government, that is going to be super important going forward because you're going to see different markets behaving differently. And you may see a market that is down 20%, but then you'll see another market that's actually up 20%. So for those listening and those wanting to get in, or even, even some investors that are just get that are getting started, have a couple properties under their belt, buy the best locations. That's, that's going to be so important, close to transit, close to universities, close to hospitals, close to anything that moves an economy and makes a big impact in the economy. And that's going to be way more important than it's ever been. Cause if you say I'm buying a property in Toronto, okay, which part Malvern? Or Yorkville, like you want to buy something in Vaughn. Are you buying something at, you know, I don't want to knock a property I have, but let's say Keelan, Major Mac, Old Maple, or are you buying it right at Western Road and Highway 7? There are differences in, in, in those locations. And going forward, that's going to be more important than ever. Buy the location, buy the best property in the location, in the best location. And also decide on the strategy you want. You heard a few strategies today. Um, decide on the strategy that works best for you. Everybody is different. There's no one size fits all. I started with pre-construction. I've, I've got into the point where I've been banking some land land deals that I've been buying on my own and anything in between commercial retail, a little bit of multifamily, which I love, single family, anything in between. And, and good investors understand that, that you have to walk before you could run, but you're going to make mistakes. It's part of the process. Learn from them. Learn from our mistakes. And that's it. Look forward to the, the wealth you're going to create buying real estate. We all have. We, we enjoy it. Yeah, I thought you were going to go another way with that. So it's funny. I thought I was just about ready to disagree, but I couldn't agree more on the location, location, location. Now, uh, the interesting thing is, um, obviously, for me, I will tell you that real estate can be viewed a couple of ways. Uh, it can be viewed as an end game, but also for that starting game. And that's what I was going to say, that even though the location may not be the best or may not be the most ideal, if that's all you could afford at that time, then use that as that stepping stone. And then eventually what you wanna do, or at least my strategy, not necessarily for everybody, 
But I always look at whenever I'm buying an investment property, I look for three things. A, am I buying it below market value? B, is it cash flow positive or at least cash flow stable? And then C or three, what is it that I could do to this property to outpace the rest of the market gains? So that's what I do when I identify properties. I try to buy the worst property on the best street. And then my exit is obviously the build and the development at the end. So the only other thing is that I just wanted to touch on as Adrian asked if uh, we wanted to throw anything else out there. Um, guys, I have to tell you. Now, again, I know I'm one of those called boomers. And I know a lot of people will say it was a little bit easier when we were coming up or there was, wasn't quite as many challenges as the millennials today. But what I got to tell you is, listen, there are so many opportunities for those millennials right now to get on the phone and just Google Matthew, just Google Adrian. Even if you want to Google me, you have at your fingertips not only sound strategies, but mindset positivities, joint venture opportunities. There is so much opportunity out there that guys like us weren't necessarily afforded when we first started. Remember, it's the same thing that I was saying earlier today. I'm not sure if it was here or possibly to somebody else that I was coaching earlier, is that you have to be very careful with who you share your energy with because, again, we all have a finite amount. But if you just listen to this podcast and you don't get excited, because if you listen to the energy in this podcast, in this room, if that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't make you want to pick up the phone and call Adrian or ask Matthew about land banking or ask Adrian about Hamilton or ask me about GTA, then I don't know what is. Because eventually you have to choose. And again, I've said this, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but I will tell you something. I'm rich. It is a lot of fun being rich. Why don't more people choose to be rich? All it is is it's a choice. I chose to be rich and I did what it took to do that. Because every morning when I woke up, and I know I heard you, uh, Matthew, that your counselors at university, I believe, spoke down to you and said that you're going to be washing somebody's car. I have a grade 10 education. I didn't graduate high school. I dropped out because I had a hard time trying to understand when people would complain to me about things that I don't wrap my head around. When people complain to you every day about the price of gas or about a cell phone bill, I have no idea what the cost of gas is because I have to drive a car. What am I gonna do, forget about it tomorrow? I don't know what my cell phone costs because I need to use that cell phone. So in the end, all I'm going to give as advice, talk to people that are where you wanna be. And don't share that energy with people that complain or they look for a problem for every solution that is out there. Again, guys, get on the phone, call Matthew, send him a text, go on Instagram. Same thing with Adrian. There is so much opportunity out there and just refuse to live an average life. And that's my only advice for anybody that hopefully is listening out there. I love it. I refuse, <laughs> I refuse to live an average life. Oh, no way. I won't live average. Refuse I refuse to live an average. Refuse life. to live a life that's average. Like, again, don't wear average suits or drive an average car or live an average life or go on average vacations or hang out with average people. But most important, don't have an average conversation. Don't. Like, it's so weird. When we used to sit on, I've used this example, and I'm sorry I'm not taking too much time. But when I was a kid, I remember we used to, grade seven or grade eight, we used to sit around the lunch table and everyone would talk about what kind of car they wanted, what kind of car their dream car was. You'd hear Lamborghini, Ferrari, McLaren, Maserati. Now you talk to those same people and they're like, I don't know, Toyota or Honda, Dodge. 
what happened to you? Why did your dreams match your reality? No way, man. Stop talking to guys about Dodges. Start talking to the guys about the McLarens because if you talk to them, even if you don't get the McLaren, maybe you'll land on the Ferrari. And the conversations are just different with people that are driven, with people that have ambition. And the most important thing, again, is you'll notice, even though a lot of us are goal-driven, when we get to the goal, it's just kind of expected. We just enjoy that journey part. And as long as you enjoy that journey, this is a lifelong thing. It's a lifelong way or vehicle to live the life that you want. But again, guys, now I'm going off on a tangent and I sound like a used car salesman. So I will throw back to you guys again. My apologies, man. I Sorry, Adrian, I want to jump in real quick too. Don't yeah. live an average life, but also speaking to the millennials and the, and the Gen Z, don't live a dependent life. Everybody wants this utopian crap yeah. that's being pushed. And it was, I went to university and it was pushed. I hated university. Yeah. Right. But I hated it. I did it anyway because my parents forced me to do it. They didn't even pay for it. I did. But they forced me to do it because culturally that was respectable. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. But they pushed this crap on you. Just look at what's happening in Venezuela. Look at what's yeah. happening in China. Look what happened to Iraq. Look what happened to I don't know, any other socialist, communist. Correct. You know, Russia at the time, the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Look at what happened. They crumbled. Cuba. Because everybody becomes equally poor. Yes. That's what happens. So don't live a dependent life. This, I, I'm talking, I can't believe how many people were in the best country in the world. We are. I believe that. And how many young people I speak with my age or a little bit younger say, I think it's a great idea that the government pays for everything and we don't no. need to own house or all this crap. Yeah. Excuses for your own mediocrity because you don't want to put in the work. Put in yeah. the work. It's not easy. It's hard work. It is hard work. And it's not easy. And uh, real estate investing isn't easy. And we that's yeah. not the message we're getting across here. But you have to understand that nothing is easy. So choose what you want to do. Like Jim Rohn, I was going to say Jim as if he's with us. But Jim Rohn says, you know, pain of discipline or pain of regret. You choose. Yes. But Matthew, it's the same thing. Like so many of those younger people, uh, they're the ones that depend on the government to take care of them when they're older. I can tell you without a doubt that is not going to happen. No offense. But if you look at the way that we run our country, I will ask you, would you run your house with that much debt? Would you run a business with that much debt? Absolutely not. Even though obviously we're promised that we put our CPP in, the government's going to take care of us when we're old. I do not believe it. Take your future into your own hands. Start to invest. Start to, and if you can't afford to invest, I always ask people, have you asked about a joint venture? Have you spoken to enough people? Because it's the example that I was writing in my book. It's the same thing that I call the bubblegum effect. I don't know who wants bubblegum around me until I take that pack of bubblegum out of my pocket. Once I take that pack of bubblegum out of my pocket, everyone around me wants bubblegum and they will come to me. You have bubblegum within you. That bubblegum you can share with your friend, with your barber, with someone from your mosque, your temple, your synagogue, the guy that walks your dog, the guy at the gym, a police officer, the, the crossing guard. Please keep being yourself. Always speak about your truth, your power, your objection, sorry, your goals and aspirations. And I'm telling you, you put that energy out there, I guarantee someone's going to meet you. So don't tell me that you don't have friends that don't want to invest. Don't tell me that you don't have no one else that wants to invest because each of us 
where, where, where you were at one time, but we kept living our passion, living our truth and speaking about what we wanted and the right people found us. Go ahead, sorry. I, I didn't mean to take over your point, bro. <laughs> I love the energy, man. I love the energy. I'm sweating, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's right in there. It's like if you could rip your shirt off and fucking <laughs> my language and go, you'd go. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. And that's exactly what I wanted out of today's episode was to just get the knowledge out from these highly, highly, highly educated guys in this industry and the passion about it and forget about the media propaganda and, you know, the, the world's ending and it's such a bad time to be in the real estate and everything else. The facts are the facts, as Matthew said, the numbers are the numbers. We're still up year over year, month over month actually demands coming back into our favor so i'm buying another three properties uh this month and Good. next month nice we're not stopping and if i'm living proof that it works for everybody listening i don't know who else isn't 11 years ago i was working night shift trying to get a half an hour sleep and behind a factory trying to get comfortable in the back of a cruiser um sort of speak 11 years later i can do what i want when i want how i want whatever day of the week whatever time of the day it is i can do whatever i want because with whoever you want with whoever, with whoever you want. I want. Boom. share the energy i love it love it good point because of real estate so yeah you know what guys uh for our audience i'm gonna cut it we're at 50 minutes i thought we were gonna do 30 but it just goes to token as far as the energy these guys bring to the table and how passionate they are and what they do uh, in them. So for everybody listening again, episodes 11 and 12, they were featured originally. Believe it or not, we're already on episode. This is episode number 45 that we're up to now. So super yeah. pumped about that. We're, we're approaching over 11,500 listens on our uh, podcast channel in just over a year. So I'm pumped about that. But for the audience, we'll start with, we started with Matthew, we'll start with Wayne. How do they get a hold of you, Wayne? Um, for people who want to connect with you, do business with you, where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find my uh, dating profile at Bumble. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, it's, sorry, that was silly. My apologies. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, I'm always on Instagram. I actually like Instagram more than a 15 year old girl. If I'm going to be honest, I'm on it all the time. So it's Wayne underscore loves underscore real estate, or you can call me at four one six four zero two three seven three five or WayneSkinnerRealty.com. And Matthew, how do people get a hold of you? Follow me on Instagram. Send me a message. I manage my own account. It's at Matthew Ablican, and I'll be happy to respond. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll guys, take the I'll message, respond. Matthew. Yeah. Please do. Sign into my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Done. Way ahead of you. Awesome. All right. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed this episode. Guys, if you have more detailed questions or maybe want to dive deeper into these guys' minds, not only mine, because we're obviously talking on a very, very fluid basis, reach out to them. Say, hey, I heard you on this podcast. I really want to talk to you a little bit more about this and this and that, or potentially get into business together, whatever the case may be. These guys are a wealth of knowledge for sure. So on that note, Buy property now. Yes, agree. Action now yeah. for everybody listening. 
And thanks again, Matthew and Wayne. Thank you so much for being again a great, great guests on the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast. Perfect. Cheers, gentlemen.